evidence-based <laughs> scientific EB. mood today. Exterminate. <laughs> Disseminating content in the world of evidence-based health and fitness. Yes. We're very serious. Very serious today, Tom. We're serious. Yeah, we're away, yeah, mate. You're like a uh, the hostess with the mostess. I don't know what it is about today, Rawdon, but uh, for some Loose. reason we just Loose. don't seem to give. No, we just don't well, seem to give too many today. No, well, it's because we're wearing no pants. Yes, that's the key. Just look below. Just look down. Oh, yeah. Hello, mate. The, my God, they're oh. dangly from your side. Aren't they really <laughs> drag along the ground there, Thomas. <laughs> Now, uh, I, I would appreciate it. Now, I am... Yes, yes, we have a, a list of things to do. We've got mm-hmm. a checklist. Yep. We're going to check it twice. Yes. But I, I, what I would appreciate... Now, you can call me a mission specialist, if you like. Yep. Commander Tom. DJ Fiction. <laughs> DJ Fiction. I knew I would get it. <laughs> what are you talking about? Who the hell is DJ Fiction? Well, that was that was me back, uh, back in the day. Yes, folks. Uh, I did have a couple of crates of records. Yeah, two turntables mm. and a microphone. Yeah, I did. That's right. Yeah. That's right. They, they weren't the... Uh, for any anyone that has DJ'd, Ethan will probably listen and hear this, but the SL1200s, they're the, they were the Technics. Um, SL1200s, they were yeah. the good ones. But I had copies. And uh, it was really funny. They, uh, they're, they're direct drive, so they've got no belts. Like a normal... A normal <laughs> this is really good quality health and fitness information, Tom. Mm. Okay? Just pay yeah. attention, listeners. Yeah, yeah. Evidence-based. Evidence-based. Scientific. This is evidence. Scientific. There was a study done. <laughs> it was double placebo blind. I was blind <laughs> when I was mixing. But anyway, uh, it, was, it was hilarious. I went into this uh, DJ supply shop on Oxford Street and, um, and my, my turntables, the, the belts were sort of uh, worn. You know, mm-hmm. just because I was fluffing around trying to mix and, and yeah. pulling pull the turntable back. Anyway, I went and asked for some... Uh, I wanted some good belts off the SL1200s. I said, hey, you got some tech, Technics uh, SL1200 belts. And they're like, dude, they're direct drive. They don't have belts. Like, what are you talking about? So I made a complete fool of myself. But I was trying to get belts for something that didn't even have belts. That's right. Very, very good. But like, very good. Uh, DJ. DJ. DJ well, fiction. It was fictitious what I was trying to do, that's why. I was trying to think of it before the show and I went uh, through DJ Mystic. Mystique, DJ no. Shadow. Shadow, who is actually a, a DJ, yeah. I do believe. I, I think there would be a Mystique out there as well. DJ Lethal. Lethal, yeah. DJ Lethal. Lethal Injection. Yeah. Lethal Injection, that would yeah. be a good one. The Injections, mm. Johnny Diesel. Injectors. We had a bit of Johnny Diesel pre-show as well. Yeah. All quality evidence-based research here. Scientific. There was, Scientific There have been principles. studies done. It's the scientific right. principles of DJ fiction. Yeah, absolutely. Nick Skits. Nick Skits, yeah. Nick Skits 5. I think that was one. That was good. Mm. 5 to what? Yeah. 18? Yeah. 5 to 18. 5 to 18. Yeah. Big. 
several Nick studies. Fish. Nick yeah. Fish for our listeners might peer remember reviewed. that. Peer-reviewed. Pee-wee Ferris. <laughs> Uh, DJ George Vegas. Oh, this is fascinating. So, yeah, any of the listeners who were raving back in the day will be Sorry, nodding. Li- listeners? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, <but it> was, <laughs> no. We don't have any listeners. No, but Peter Not, Piper picked the pepper, though. Not anymore. They? No, anyway. So, so okay. on, the, on the show today, Rawdon, we have All right. got... We've got to do one of these. You know where you put your hand up and... Oh, yeah. Professional now. Sort of slide it over the face. Okay, go. Okay. On the show today, Rawdon, we've mm. got Luke Tullick, uh, Lucid Luke from Lucid Health Coaching. Well, also from Flex He's Success now. now a part of Flex Success. It's very exciting to have Luke on the show today, <laughs> and I can't wait to have him in the studio <laughs> to break down the Krebs cycle, otherwise known as the citric acid cycle. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, lovely. You know what I mean. Very so, good. That was, that was from back in the day. From back in the day. Yeah, so we've got Luke Tullick, and we're talking about the crab cycle. Crab cycle for our The crabs, yes. Of course, there's this uh, cycle of there crabs. Doing, gets itchy. It's doing the rounds mm. uh, with the users of the various dating platforms uh-huh. in Sydney. Uh, it starts with a little bit of itching Bumble. and scratching in the underderps, and then you get the flaking of the skin and, mm-hmm. and uh, progresses so from there. So a full cycle of crabs. Mm that you uh, pass on from and, one partner to the other. And, and to do that, the ADB has to be converted back to ATP. It's yes. a very uh, complicated process. Yes, yes, yes. And we store about 100 grams of crabs at any one time, but we, we cycle do. through 60 to 80 kilos, kilos. How per does that, person in a mate, day. My weight doesn't change 60 kilos in a day. How on <laughs> earth is that evidence-based? Scientific. No, mm-hmm. okay. So we'll be serious here. So Luke Tullock is coming in. He is. And we're talking about the Krebs cycle. And this was when it was uh, a hot topic. The Ashley Bynes, yes, I think. There was yes. a bit of controversy there. She was talking about it, saying it gets gummed up, I think, referencing that it can get jammed up if you if you don't do something or you do something, it'll 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 stop working and it's like uh so that was that was motivated the uh talking about it with Luke to actually right. break it down it's Ashy Bynes who yeah. is uh, some sort of Instagram yeah. based yeah. Um, person celebrity right. trainer okay. fitness That's guru right. or something and, like and that and it caused up this whirlwind a furor a furor then we got Luke in and said right mate why don't we actually break it down break it down let's talk about the Krebs cycle Luke being Luke, he set a nice foundation. Mm-hmm. We start from the energy transfer from the sun mm. into human beings. Mm. He spoke about ATP and then went into the finer points of mm. the Krebs cycle or mm. the citric acid cycle mm. and how it's basically these gazillion chemical reactions mm. going on to help us keep producing mm. ATP. And that was evidence-based, that number, gazillion. Uh, absolutely. Research-based. It's more than a trillion. Peer-reviewed. That's fascinating. He's going to uh, do his best to layman terms it. Yeah, absolutely. So we've us. got Luke Tullock coming up uh, very, very shortly, and that's awesome. exciting. Now, Rawdon, you had a little bit of a bee in your bonnet this morning <sighs> talking about yeah. health foods and food quality choices mm. and how that relates to health in general and a successful nutrition plan and all yeah. this sort of stuff. Is, is it? Yeah, yeah. What? Look, I mean, it was a, a thought I had mm. where... I don't know if it's gone full circle, if that's the term, but nutrition philosophy, if you will, and 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 there seems to be uh, a lot more suggesting that um, those that don't choose a whole food existence, you know, you're you're a bad person. You can you know give yourself uh, fifty lashes for uh, eating a donut or something. And um, I guess it sort of stems out of the flexible dieting, or if it fits your macros. Just sort of got me thinking that uh, like it's it's great that whole food choices for the win and uh, nutrient density is is far superior and there's a ton of pluses for you know nutrition uh, that is based more on whole foods but you know to sort of outcast those that, that choose not to practice that type of nutritional um, 
uh, intake on a on a on a regular basis, then you know that's that's their choice. And if it, and the and the reality is, if if um, you know they auto-regulate if you will or, or if they're aware of what they're doing and they have a basic fundamental understanding of, of energy and and what equals what then the fact that they choose foods that have you know arguably uh, inferior nutrient density then that doesn't necessarily make them a bad person and it's if they uh, look at the big picture averages over time and then like i said sort of auto-regulate if you will on days that they did uh consume you know the foods are, or even a duration where they they just for whatever reason they were busy at work they couldn't prepare whole foods and they had to eat takeout and they they you know but at the same time they were mindful of how many calories were going in and 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 the food choices and then you know offset it potentially with with some you know uh, food choices that were more over the week more of those whole food cho- choices and to offset potentially some of these um less uh quality food choices for whatever reason that was the thought process i don't know if that made sense but it was it was almost like like rather than okay you're you're you know you're making shitty food choices you know you've got to know better than that that's that's you know the 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 coaches that are telling you that are irresponsible and they got a duty of care to to educate you about whole foods and nutrient density it's sort of like well how about we just sort of get that message out there that it is primarily dictated by energy balance and mm. you know if you do you can eat from both and i guess this is flexible dieting full stop you yes. know all the flexible diets going hey man that's what we've been saying forever yeah, yeah. completely down with that yeah and in prep that's a different like in prep i think they're although in the overall scheme of things i, I think and and i mean uh, i think uh you know dean uh, from flex success you know friend a good friend of the program mm-hmm. and a uh, friend of uh, the evil genius he collaborated with him last year and the guys in Flex with um, the Evil Genius Down Under uh, seminar, you know, I think he prepped himself to arguably, and I've said this before on the program, you know, the the, the best physique at nationals. I think he was yeah. an incredible looking physique and he used flexible dieting, um, a, a version of flexible dieting to get himself ready and there was lots of variety and everything else. So absolutely can be done. And mm-hmm. um, so for my physique prep, I like to, uh, for a variety of factors that I won't bore you with now, but I'd yep. like to try and cue food just as fuel and keep it relatively bland to, you know, so cravings and whatnot are really easy to deal with when times get tough. But, but yeah, for, for the rest of us who are not in, in prep, I just think that um, just being aware, being conscious of your, of your food choices more so is, is more important than, you know, feeling like you're a moron or, or, or you've done something wrong. wrong because if you eat something bad. Yeah, yeah, like you're a bad yeah, person. It's yeah. sort of like... I get that that put that that uh, the momentum to get people to try and eat more whole foods because generally mm. people don't. I get that, but yep. but outside of that, just being aware that that you can make those food choices is absolutely cool. If we understand that, take a step back, that big picture type philosophy, mm. and and you know, it's a sort of. I think it's it w- would be worthwhile just sitting down and thinking about how you would like to eat. What yes. would a what would an enjoyable, sustainable seven day period of what, what would a week of food look like if you took everything you were going to eat in a week mm. and spread it out on the table in front of you can you find a way to fill that table with uh what's seven times three 21 21 so say 21 meals mm-hmm. right if you had three times a day mm-hmm. there's your 21 meals for the week now how many of those meals do you want to be indulgent and purely hedonistic for the purpose of, of Your pleasure, of just just pleasure, because yeah. you can probably have a few of those in there Absolutely. if you're sensible about a few other things. Yep. 
Um, where can you distribute these meals in different parts of the week where you can go a little hungrier? Like Monday morning, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, maybe you've had some of that yep. indulgent over the weekend. Yep. So Monday morning, you're pretty full. why don't you fast? Yeah. Fast for a period of time. Just, yeah. You might, might work out nicely there. Okay, that leaves yeah. you a bit of space left in Monday afternoon or it takes away some uh-huh. of the detriment from the weekend. And yes. then Tuesday. So it's like that, 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 you got that bank account. You're putting money yeah, in, taking yeah. money out, shuffling, keeping the balance. Shuffling things around and moving around so that over the course of the week, yeah. whatever you've done represents an energy balance aligned with your goal. Exactly. So and what are you trying to do? What's your general health status like? Because that yep. would be the one thing that could muck around with hedonism. Yep. Like if you do have some health concerns and you're eating, you're eating foolishly, based off the conditions you have and then your guts are disrupted or your yeah. cognitive functions flared Blood up or your joints whatever. are sore or you, you don't train well or yep. that kind of stuff, then different story. That's the caveat. But uh, generally speaking, figure out the goal, have a look at what you're doing and that's a week and then you know you do four of those in a block and see what happens at the end of the month. Where exactly. are you at at the end of the month? And exactly. then reassess again. 100%. You could do it like in monthly, monthly adjustments. I'll take... Okay, of those yeah. 21 meals, I'll tidy up a few more, Why see not? what that nets. So that yeah. long-term long yeah. periodization of, of nutrition, I think that's where you're going there. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And you and don't I, have to enjoy every meal. That's the other thing. Mm. I say this to people all the time. Like, I was talking to one of my clients during the week. He has an omelette for breakfast, which he has with Yum. cheese and, and bacon and stuff. <laughs> and then dinner, he cooks with his fiance. They have like uh, rice with white wine sauce nice. and chicken and fish nice. and such and such. And I, I dare say they're two that he liked. Yeah, yeah two that he liked. And he was, uh-huh. saying, he was saying, look, I'm getting a little bit sick of just playing chicken and salad during that. I said, mate, look, you enjoy breakfast? You know, oh, yeah, you, you, love it, mate. Love, love that, that cheese, love that bacon. Yeah, yep. you, you go to bed satisfied. Uh huh. Yeah. Give my missus, give my missus one after yep. I've had that cream, creamy sauce. Perfect. Good. How much more enjoyment do you need from food during the day? Yeah, you're right, like, Tom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you're right. That's what I pay you the big bucks for. Here you go. Yeah. So look at those 21 meals and say, okay, how many of these? How many of these can I get away with? Literally just being tipping fuel into the machine. Yeah. Take the enjoyment, take the emotion out of it, pencil those in, mm-hmm. and then spread so, out your little Thursday yeah. night or your Saturday night or whatever it's going to be. Absolutely. All right. Anyway. Well, I'm not sure if that uh, if that solved any problems, Rodden. Resonated with anyone? It's, it was, it was uh, peer-reviewed. Yes. Evidence-based. Evidence-based. Cam, Cam, Cam was the... Uh, he was... We blindfolded him when we spoke about it, so it was single-blinded, that study. <laughs> you know? Let's go Thanks, Cam. to Luke Tullock from Lucid Health Coaching and Flex Success. It's a pleasure to have him back on Under the Bar. Lunch, Lady Doris. Have you got any grease? Yes. Yes, we do. Then grease me up, woman. Okie dokie. Well, righto, Rawdon. Mm. So uh, you might end up with another nasty case of uh, crabs. Yeah, well, uh, we're going to go case. into the, the crab cycle with uh, Groundskeeper <laughs> Willie today, but we do have Groundskeeper Willie in the studio today. Mm. Hey, welcome the to the new studio. studios, Groundskeeper. Yeah. How are you? Oh, it's brilliant to be mm. here, mate. Yeah, very, good. very nice <laughs> in the new studio. Yeah, yeah. So, so what are we doing today? Well, let's go through the Krebs cycle now. The, mm. I, I think the genesis of this conversation sprung mm. a hot topic sprung from some sort of social media furor, which obviously mm. me being zero dark thirty, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I've totally missed. So you'll mm. have to fill me in. I'll play mm. the ill-informed. Mm. Uh, uh, I'll play that one too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I play that very well. Yeah, I'll, I'll take on that, that role too. Right. So let's start with the controversy around mm. the the Krebs cycle and the recent mm. social media storm. Mm. Well, we had Miss um, um, Ashy Bynes, probably not her, to be honest. I think it's probably yeah. like a nutritionist or someone who works for it, basically posted this thing on uh, on social media saying, 
oh, you know, the way a low-carb diet works is that it stops your Krebs cycle from working and then you mm. just burn fat and just get, you know, super shredded. Gum, gums it up. Gums it up, something like that. Um, <laughs> you know. Bit of chewy not, in there. Yeah, it's not really accurate, is it? So, mm. I guess well, the, Or is it? I mean, well, that's what we're going to talk we'll about today. Out. Mm. We're going <laughs> to we'll find, find out. out. Yeah, um, so I thought what we'd do is actually go through and pick it apart a little bit. She got mm. she got blasted, which I think's probably fair. Mm. Some but, people were calling her names, which is probably not fair. Well, but, typical of the industry. But yeah. but what Leo and I spoke about this, and, and you sort of reluctantly went, mm, yeah, I see your point. But but for me, it was sort of like, okay, bad call maybe, but yeah. hey, how many people are curious about the Krebs cycle now? It's yeah, like, it's I true. mean, I was looking at it going, hmm, yeah, maybe I should revisit this. Because this is one <laughs> yeah. thing that uh, I think I've confessed on the podcast before, but... One thing that, you know, I start reading about it and then it's, nah, it's too hard. No, sorry. Yeah. Well, we'll go read about hypertrophy or something, which is still hard. But, mm. but the Krebs cycle always threw me, man. Like, so hopefully today, and Tommy and myself and our listeners and, and even Cam the Wookiee over there from uh, Club Bendagoni will um, will understand the Krebs cycle. That's that's going to be our goal today. Yeah, we'll give it a go. Okay. Um, yeah, so here we go. <laughs> Righto. Should we start with energy production, the role of this in the big picture, and mm. then zero in on the ATP and go from there? The cycle itself. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, so like the, the, the big like overall concept that we have to start with is that um, energy is not created, yeah. right? So it's just transferred between different mediums, right? So... You know, we were talking a bit uh, before how it's crazy that like we get this energy coming from the sun, yeah. um, you know, getting into the plants, we're producing starches and stuff in there, the animals are eating that, we're eating the animals, most yeah. of us. Um, and it's all just transferring this energy along and along and along. Mm. Um, but there's, there's kind of two main forms of energy if we think about uh, how energy is behaving and that's kind of in potential energy and kinetic energy. Right. So any form of kinetic energy is stuff actually happening right now. So the examples I usually use is like if we have a running uh, running stream yep. or if we have like a ball rolling down a hill. That's kinetic energy. It's energy in motion. Mm. But we also have potential energy. And this is like stored energy. So it's as if that ball is sitting at the top of the hill waiting to be given a little prod and start mm, rolling yep. down. Or if we dam up that stream and then mm. we suddenly let go of the dam and then it turns into kinetic energy. So in our bodies, we have that same thing happening, right? And so ATP acts like our potential energy store. So we have this, it's called adenosine triphosphate, right? Yep. So there's three phosphate molecules. That's what the tri stands for. And essentially within the bonds of all of those phosphates is the potential energy. And they're waiting to just pop off one of those phosphates. Yeah. As soon as we pop off one of those phosphates, we have kinetic energy. And that's actually how we accomplish so everything like, in the body. So those hands, that, I mean, aside from all the physiological functions, underneath but all the hand gestures you're just doing then yeah. <laughs> that's all atp going to adp and then yes yeah, the exactly spinning around yeah for sure so we have this store of potential energy that's basically running absolutely everything in the body and when we say metabolism that's literally just every single reaction that happens in your body like literally everything and so we only have a very limited amount of atp at any one time in our body it's like 100 to 200 grams of atp but we go through about 60 to 80 kilograms of it every day for the average sedentary person, right? Wow. So it's just constantly being recycled. And obviously, mm. as we're using it, we've got to replenish that energy and build the dam up again, push the ball back up to the top of the hills so that it can roll down again. We've got to constantly replenish that ATP so that it can basically do its job and release that energy and, again. And that's where the, the carbohydrates, the proteins, the fats... You know, exactly. So we use all of those macronutrients that we eat basically just to replenish ATP. Yeah. Yep. Okay. 
And so is this happening, this damming of water or rolling of balls up the hill? <laughs> is, that, is that happening in a million little cells all across the body Trillions. At, at, at different times all yep. the time? Constantly happening in every, every cell. Every cell does this? Every cell. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Is this happens in the mitochondria of the, of the cell? In the mitochondria. Now, some, um, some cells don't have mitochondria. Right. So like your red blood cells basically rely on um, non-mitochondrial related stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Essentially, yeah, there's always ATP being regenerated in every single cell in the body. So it's just a constant stream of stuff that's going on. Hence the 60 to 80 kilos. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty insane. And so if you, let's say you went for a run and you ran a marathon, you might go through that 80 kilos during your run of the marathon in two or three hours. So it's like just a phenomenal amount of uh, chemical reactions that are constantly happening mm, to replenish mm. that ATP. So we start so, to uh, to see the folly in the uh, said post by Ashy Bynes because he... How could you possibly stop it? If it stopped, you would die. Yeah, 100%. So that there's there's sort of three main components that are helping us regenerate that ATP. Um, and some of them are reliant on oxygen, and those are our aerobic metabolism. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of them are not reliant on oxygen, but they don't produce that much ATP. And those are our anaerobic processes. So, so that'd be inefficient compared to the... Yeah, it's inefficient, but it doesn't take as long, right? So... There's a you'll kind of see as we go through the Krebs cycle essentially is just a huge chain of chemical reactions that's helping us regenerate ATP. And it obviously takes time for all of those to happen. Um, and so if we're going through this huge long process, it just takes ages and it requires an input of oxygen to make the most possible ATP that we can. Um, and sometimes we don't have that time. Let's say if we're exercising yep. really hard. And so sometimes we kind of have to take the shortcut, which doesn't produce as much ATP but it's a lot quicker and we can get that ATP back quicker. And that's that's requiring an input of glucose. So that's our glycolytic or our anaerobic pathways. And, and that, that is has a obviously a timeline because you have a limited amount of stored glycogen slash glucose. Exactly. So you can't, 100%. hence, we can't keep squatting 150 kilos. Yeah, we, eh, yeah. and it produces these, um, these side effects by having uh, leftover molecules as a result of all those chemical reactions. We have leftover products that basically... Um, inhibit our ability to keep contracting the muscle and mm-hmm. so we get this buildup of acidity and start to get very you know feel real really sick if we yep. keep going so um, all these chemical reactions basically uh, their goal is to produce atp but they're producing byproducts as well as they go along yes right yeah yeah yep. okay this is good yeah okay i'm, I'm understanding everything yep. so far all right so, cam you got it yep, yep. yep. yeah cam's got it tetris watch out got a line nice work <laughs> Why not? I like the uh, bell. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, good. Okay. All right. So where do we go from here? So from here, okay. Um, basically, most of our ATP is produced in a step called oxidative phosphorylation, and you might know that as the electron trans- transport chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I like the most efficient you knew that one. one. Yeah. You knew the old electron <laughs> transport chain. No, we didn't He's, know that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Given him yeah. the most bewildered look yeah, I think yeah, I've seen in the like, studio so far. <laughs> hey, what? Don't look at me. <laughs> I don't know that one. All right, cool. That was my point. So this oxidative phosphorylation or the electron transport chain is basically really reliant on oxygen and that occurs in the mitochondria. Um, but we have our anaerobic metabolism and that's powered via glycolysis. So that's burning glucose. So you guys are probably more familiar with that. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where we're going to start before we hit the Krebs cycle. So the glycolysis is that first step before we go into the Krebs cycle. Um, and so the goal of it is basically to produce pyruvate. And you've probably heard of pyruvate before if you've done any sort of looking into training and, and energy systems and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And so we make uh, pyruvate um, during the, the process of glycolysis. Yep. Glycolysis is basically 10 enzymatic reactions. So they've identified every reaction that happens. It's 10 reactions that happen. Um, and during reactions number one and reactions number three, we actually use ATP to keep producing intermediates that we need to keep going through glycolysis. So it actually costs us ATP to go through glycolysis. Right. At the end, we do produce a little bit more than we've spent, but it means that by the end of glycolysis, we've burned all this glucose and we haven't really gotten that much ATP out of it. Yeah. However, we do have some pyruvate and we can do some stuff with the pyruvate that allows us to keep making more ATP in the Krebs cycle and in oxidative phosphorylation electron transport chain okay so that glycolysis is, is kind of the first step that we go to to start producing atp okay mm-hmm. cool so once we've made the pyruvate at the end of glycolysis uh we have two things we can do either we can turn it into uh, lactate if we don't have any oxygen we don't really have an option we go right we've got to make lactate with this and lactate is a little bit misunderstood. Most people think, oh, that inhibits performance and it's not good for you. But actually, it can be uh, directly used by some tissues, actually used as fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing it can do is it can go to the liver and the liver can actually make more glucose out of it. And then it can go back into glycolysis again and make a little bit more ATP, uh, be turned that, back into that glucose. Be the uh, Corey cycle. Oh, that man. One, <laughs> little uh, twitch of the nose uh, there. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. I remember that from uh, Menno because he, we were talking about even on a low carb diet, you can. He was saying, you know, you, you're still going to replenish glycogen stores. And went, what? You know, yeah. you're not getting carbs. And he goes, nah, but you can re- recycle lactate in the Corey cycle. So. Mm. Yeah, which would make sense, you know, if you don't have carbs, it's like, okay, well, I can't run away from anything yeah. because I've got no store glycogen, oh, I'm going to die. So yeah. it would make sense that there's other systems to... Sure. Yeah, and you know, the obviously the body's got these sort of redundant mechanisms. So it's like if you don't have any glucose to enter glycolysis, well, you can make some glucose out of, um, you know, amino acids and, and that kind of thing as well, right? So you kind of got these workarounds, but it's really mm. inefficient. Inefficient, yeah. And that means that when we're trying to do exercise that requires us to be burning glucose, if you don't actually have glucose present in the form of like carbohydrates or glycogen in your muscles, it's just you're not going to last as long. You're not going to be able to produce the energy you need fast enough. Wait a second. Are you suggesting that carbohydrates might be better for performance than ketones? Uh, no, mate, look, we'll, we'll save that topic, but yeah, okay. And so to put this into a, a, some sort of real-world context, the lactate going to the liver to be recycled into glycolysis, mm. is that uh, what's our time frame here? So we're, we're on a low-carb diet and we're doing a big workout. You're, you're doing your squats or what have you. Is that yep. a scenario where you build up some lactic acid and then it then goes and cycles and then you know yeah for sure so the what we're just kind of pushing to the side for the purposes of this conversation is that you can regenerate atp um via the creatine uh phosphate system as well yes. okay. and that's like if usually they explain this in in uni or exercise science or whatever they go oh the first sort of six to eight seconds yep. You're just uh, you're just using stored ATP and you're using phosphocreatine in the muscles. So yep. um, those are basically uh, bonds that are already there. So like I mentioned before, we have about one to two hundred grams of ATP as a pool that's sitting there that we can use at any given yep. time. Yeah. Um, and then we burn through that in like five to eight seconds usually so when we're doing maximal exercise. So if you're doing like a really heavy lift or the first few reps of a lift or a short sprint or something, that's what you're burning through. That has to be then regenerated. Yep. Um, but as soon as you go through that, obviously the body's already ramping up glycolysis to try and replace what you're using. Yeah. So it'll be stored ATP, like I start curling, a little bit of ATP that's stored that yep. 
couple hundred grams yep. all throughout the body. Yep. Then it will be creatine, phosphate, recycling, and then after yes. that, that's when the glycolysis and all the other jazz yeah, will for be sure. upregulating. Up yeah, for sure. Now, I have heard an example, um, Usain Bolt, apart from the biomechanics yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. else, that he has, he has a looper. more, is it more stored ATP or an ability to mm. extend that six to eight seconds to something yeah. closer to nine or 10? Yeah, exactly. That's quite individual, right? Yeah. So some people are really good in certain energy systems just because they genetically have the right mm. enzymes like they yeah. just have more of them or mm. it's more efficient for yeah. you know whatever genetic reason and so yeah. yeah you know those people who are like usain bolt or whatever they probably have some genetic uh, advantages just like they have biomechanical advantages yes. they also have some kind of uh, metabolic advantage in that sense they can uh, just have a, a greater pool of atp for yeah. example yes. well that's, that's the thing like you could have Great, I got the same. Oh, I got a better AT people than you saying, but you got little short, tiny limbs. You know, like yeah, he's, exactly. he's the perfect, perfect storm. storm. Got the biomechanics yeah. and everything else, yes. right? You know, foot length and and mm, yeah. absolutely everything. I mean, Cam might have the best ATP yeah. stores in the whole universe. We just, <laughs> we'll never know. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I heard that before. It's like probably the best bodybuilder who ever lived is probably. You know, just yeah. out there working yeah. in an office somewhere. Yeah. You know, he's just never yeah. was interested in it. Never so. touched away. I understand. I completely agree. Yeah. Okay. Right. This is this is uh, this is start, productive. Starting to take a picture. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. Next. Cool. So we've got our pyruvate. Yep. From glycolysis, and if we have some oxygen around that we can use, and we want to use that, then we can start going into the Krebs cycle. Cool. Yeah. So uh, what the Krebs cycle basically begins with is something called acetyl coenzyme A which yep. is acetyl-CoA, it's often written as. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should note at this point that a lot of people don't actually call it the Krebs cycle anymore. Yeah. It's usually called the citric acid cycle yes. or the TCA cycle, TCA. which is the uh, tricarboxylic acid cycle. Okay. Um, and so you often see that used interchangeably. So if you get a little bit confused when people start saying citric acid cycle, I tend to say citric acid cycle a lot, but that's the same thing as the Krebs cycle. Well, I think I've heard you call it the TCA cycle. When <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. that's right, mate. With the elect- electron transport chain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> ATC. <laughs> so we can. So this acetyl uh, coenzyme A is basically a requirement for the Krebs cycle to work. Okay. Where do we get the acetyl coenzyme A? It basically either comes from the pyruvate that we made in glycolysis uh, or it comes from fatty acids or amino acids. So we can kind of feed them straight into the Krebs cycle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, and just pause there for one second. Now, yep. acetyl carnitine, is, is that anything? Yeah. There? So it has a role in the transport of fatty acids and that's why people tend to recommend it for like fat burning or whatever. Right. Like if you didn't have enough, you basically wouldn't be able to power the enzymes that allow but, transport of fatty acids. But we probably have enough. But we probably have enough. So that, right. you know, supplementing with it is probably not really going to help too So much. it'll be that, like you said, fatty acids, the glycerol, mm. that part of the yeah. equation could, could potentially be enhanced with carnitine supplements. Potentially. Right. Theoretically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But okay. as far as like seeing theoretical, a, that's that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. Exactly. I think it's good enough for most people. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. So yeah. Uh, basically, what we're trying to do this. So this Krebs cycle, and if you are unlucky enough to be in an exercise science course in some universities, they actually try and make you memorize every step of the Krebs cycle, which oh, is Jesus. just brutal. Um, yeah. I've never learned it myself because I just couldn't be bothered. It's no point. You're just going to yeah. forget it, and yeah. you don't ever use it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose the the main thing that we need uh, to know is that we require oxygen during the Krebs cycle. And what we're trying to do here is we're trying to set up the next step in the whole um, 
aerobic process of producing ATP. We're trying to set up the electron transport chain, which is also known as oxidative phosphorylation. That but I, electron okay. transport chain is a bit easier for people to remember, so maybe we'll just stick with that. Okay. Um, so we're trying to set that up, and we need a bunch of intermediaries to be fed into the electron transport chain. And so what the Krebs cycle is doing is it's producing those intermediaries for us by using, you know, all of the stuff that we've made out of our macronutrients. Right. We're, we're using that pyruvate to make some acetylcholines on A, or the fatty acids, or the amino acids to make the acetylcholines on A. Right, that allows right, right, us right, right, to right, do right. all of those enzymatic reactions in the Krebs cycle, mm -hmm. and that produces basically um, some hydrogen carriers, and the hydrogens are what we are using in the next step, which is our electron transport chain. But so that's that the whole point of it. It's like kind of linking all of that together so we can go through <clears throat> uh, the electron transport chain. But prior chain. to that, it has to be the acetyl-CoA. Yes, and exactly. Then, and then there's different ways, like the uh, amine, the proteins, mm. amino acids, and mm -hmm. then the glycerol backbone, so fatty acids can be used. But then once they've been entered the the crab cycle, just to confuse people, um, the little crab moves on to the next part, and yep. then... Um, but once that's created, then it's it's all consistent. Like it just keeps flowing. This just, just different keeps ways going. to get just that acetyl CoA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that Krebs cycle is just in a big. It's a, called a cycle because it just goes in a big circle, and yeah. we're constantly just feeding these uh, these metabolic byproducts into it. And you know, each step will require whatever, like a couple of different things to react with each other, and then that produces something else that can go to the next step. That produces something else that goes to the next step. And it's this big cycle of a whole bunch of different reactions. And, and, and this Krebs cycle that's spinning away, and, and when we're active, busy doing stuff, that mm -hmm. means lots of fats can be eaten, lots of proteins yep. can be eaten, carbohydrates can be eaten. But then if we're sedentary, then that, that all sort of downregulates, I'm assuming. Yeah, for not sure. much requirement. Then it's, yeah, all it's, the so fats it's, that we eat, they can adipose tissue, proteins. Yeah, reps. exactly. So it's very, um, it's very reactive and very sensitive to yes. movement. So like... Um, you know, we were speaking about uh, once you've run out of those, um, you know, the creatine phosphate and the yep. ATP that you've got stored already, then, you know, glycolysis ramps up. Well, the body is already ramping that up in anticipation of yeah. like, oh, we're running a little bit low. So yeah. it's going to start happening. And, you know, obviously this is happening on a, a very, very small scale in terms of time. So yeah. we're thinking about it like, and then this happens and then this happens. Yeah, it's all, it like, feels instantaneous to us on, you know, on the yeah. time scale. Mm -hmm. um, Crazy. So well, we know that the this Krebs cycle is being fed by, you know, you've got the glycolysis, then mm. you can have fatty acids and amino acids. Is this where the low carb thing comes into it? Like if you take out less of the fuel for the glycolysis so less pyruvate yep. then the assumption would be then then oh More. we just run off uh, fats and, yep. and amino acids yeah pretty much is there any uh, truth to that uh there is a little bit of truth to that because you, you're still you know your body's got multiple ways of producing the atp that it needs right yeah. uh, we've just evolved to have that because otherwise under various conditions we would just be completely fucked and we just die yeah. right mm -hmm. um and so like i said before you can produce glucose um you know via uh, fatty acids and via um you know, via the glycerol and via the uh, amino acids and obviously you can feed some of those fatty acids straight into krebs cycle as well so you know there's these redundancies built in it's just a matter of efficiency right yes um and it's obviously like i said you know with glycolysis if you're trying to produce that atp really quickly and you're doing high intensity exercise yeah it's just basically 
way less efficient if you're using trying to use fatty acids to do that to do that okay um, and that's why having carbohydrate available just makes that high intensity exercise so much easier because we can go harder for longer yeah. because it's just way more efficient and and so while we're just paused on this this section of the Krebs cycle tom mm-hmm. um ketones where they come into the, the so we've, we've gone into ketosis mm. uh, we don't have glucose coming in or, or less glucose um where do is that still coming in the top of the like does it come with a glycerol uh, so there's a or? there's another process called beta oxidation um and that's kind of where you know if we're more aligned on fats it kind of goes through beta oxidation which is a whole sort of separate conversation so i think it would make it a bit convoluted at this point to go through that i'm sure okay. lehman will touch on it yeah because okay. um, when i'm talking to broads about it he's like well you know ketones are just carbohydrates basically so the yeah. body's just making essentially it's used in place of, of carbohydrate at that point right yeah. um okay so they're kind of oxidized directly that way uh you know so it, it kind of puts a little kink in 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 the um so we'll understanding at the moment i think we'll it'll probably confuse side. people okay yeah. all right mm-hmm. okay so we're sort of elect- electron transport chain yeah so basically we've gotten through the krebs cycle mm-hmm. and the important point of it is that we've we have to have oxygen available to be going through this Krebs cycle. So this is all aerobic metabolism at the moment. It's pretty much what we're doing right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's all, I mean, they're all operating in various ratios at the same time, basically, but yeah. Um, Now, if we get through the Krebs cycle, again, our main significance here is that we want to produce hydrogen donors. And sometimes you'll see these written down. It's NADH and FADH, Mm -hmm. and also just free hydrogen atoms. And all of those hydrogens are basically there to facilitate the electron transport chain okay so once we've got enough of that we basically head into the electron transport chain yep. also known as oxidative phosphorylation and uh, basically most of the energy for this phosphorylation is derived from the oxidation of our main macronutrients this is where most of it ends up and produces most of our ATP um, and so the electron transport chain is actually really difficult to explain at the best of times yeah. but essentially it's using um, some principles of like how membranes and stuff work in the body to facilitate a whole bunch of chemical reactions. And all along, each time one of these chemical reactions uh, occurs, we're producing a little bit of ATP. And so by the, by the time we've gone through this entire chain of reactions, we've produced a whole bunch of ATP, and it's a whole lot more than what we would have made during just glycolysis. So you can yeah. see that glycolysis being right at the top of this whole process is a much quicker and easier way to generate ATP. But we don't get very much for, uh, not much bang for our buck. It's not very economical. If we have the time and the oxygen available to go through the whole long process and we get to the end of this electron transport chain, then our our reward is shitloads of ATP for, for the input that we've given it. And, mm-hmm. and we were talking a second ago about how we're talking about you know, and then it goes here and here and, and mm. that's like just happening sort of quite quickly yep. in reality. I think this is where you're alluding what you're going to before, like that whole long electron transport chain. What are we talking? Is that still nanoseconds that that's taking? Yeah, or is it- it's still, um, yeah, man, it's still extremely quick. So it's not like half an hour later and we've got some ATP. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's like instantaneous. But if we're thing. talking on such a micro level, um, you know, it's obviously a lot longer than going through glycolysis. Right. Um, you know, but in terms of how quickly it actually happens, it's, I mean, to us, it's almost incomprehensibly fast. Yes. You know? Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> and is it, uh, it might be a silly question, but is this body part specific? So if you're doing something that's quad dominant or solely upper body that 
that cycling or we're going through the hierarchy of energy production mm. would happen just in your in your quads or in yeah. your butt. Yeah. yeah, 100%. So it is quite tissue specific for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so it's all of those local cells, like so those muscle cells specifically that need to contract. Yep. Um, those are the those are the mitochondria that are doing this whole process and doing it in a local fashion. Yeah. So it's okay. happening in the tissue that need that it needs to happen in for sure. And the electron transport chain, mm-hmm. uh, more bang for your buck, producing more ATP, going on all the time. Would that be the main pathway via which your couple of hundred grams of stored ATP is being produced? Yeah, hundred percent. So. Yeah. There's just way more. I, I mean, they, they give different figures out because theoretically you can kind of work out how many molecules of ATP you're actually making per glucose molecule that you've put into the whole thing. Um, and it's, you know, it kind of varies, but it's something like, you know, in the 40, 40 something molecules of ATP can be made from one molecule of uh, glucose. If it goes, all if it goes the whole way through, but yep. if you're only going through glycolysis, you're making like six. So it's okay. way more efficient in terms of how many you can make from a molecule of glucose. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So and and that's independent of, of whether it's come from glucose or fatty acids, glycerol. Like, was I reading like a fat yields a far greater? Yeah. ATP. It, yeah, it's it's uh, a little bit like that, but it's mostly because you you can't really feed like fatty acids directly into glycolysis, right? Um, so. Fat inherently has a higher yield of ATP um, per molecule, uh, and, and that's where we get the calorie. Um, yes, the calorie outputs from right. So, like you can actually work out, okay, this many molecules of ATP is going to produce this many calories of, of energy that we see. Um, right. And so, when you work out how many molecules of ATP you can get from one molecule of, of fat, or one molecule of, or one gram of protein, or one gram of carbohydrate. You right. can actually work out roughly how many ATPs you can produce from that, mm-hmm. and that's where we get the calorie values from, right? Yes. Okay. So, like one. Okay. So, like one gram of. So, so one gram of fat can basically produce double the amount of ATP that a gram of carbohydrate can. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Of course, energy is energy, and yeah, it's, exactly, it's a, yeah. and it's a denser. Yeah, it's just more a denser exactly form so, of energy. But, but what? isn't um, isn't it to, like we're, we're coming at the top? The glucose is coming in. All the cool shit happening there, mm. and then the fat has to be stripped to get the glycerol yeah. backbone isn't that then the equivalent to glucose type thing or, or, or Roughly, get, yeah. getting more glycerol backbones because yeah you're getting more glycerol backbones yeah, right, yeah okay yeah exactly yeah so you're getting <laughs> <laughs> so you just for that because that, that was just a bit confusing but yeah. like it's still once it enters it's still glucose but it's just that you yield more glucose for one gram of fat than what you get from a gram of glucose makes sense you get more of these there's more so like we're feeding all of these intermediaries into these cycles right and going right here's all the raw material you need to run all of these reactions a gram of fat's just got more of that yes so you can basically run through the cycle more more times with one gram of fat because you've got more raw materials coming in right I don't know. I think, uh, think Ashy might have been onto something. I think it might gum the old uh, Krebs cycle up and run a bit of fats, boys. What do you reckon? You go eat your carbs. I'm gonna have a spoonful of coconut oil. Yeah, there you go. So, like, that's pretty much um, the rough overview of how our different energy systems work. Right? Okay. Um, and so, I guess the takeaway here is that it is. Uh, should I use the word retarded? I think I'll use the word retarded. <laughs> maybe. Whoever put it up. Yeah. I'm saying it actually did it. We're just yeah. saying whoever put it up. Yeah. yeah. So this is all, um, obviously, as a quick overview, it can be a little uh, confusing to visualize. 
But simplified, it's like you can't produce energy without having a Krebs cycle there. You can't mm. produce energy fast enough to stay alive without having a Krebs cycle. So saying that you're gumming up the Krebs cycle and then not burning and then you know, you're going to burn more fat is just ri- ridiculous. Like It just mm. doesn't work that way. If you want to burn fat, you've got to have a Krebs cycle because the fat <laughs> provides the intermediaries to burn in the Krebs <laughs> yes, cycle, right? Yes. Or to use in the Krebs cycle. So mm. it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, and that's but, why. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that, um, you know, that... There's some logic there, but it's just been sort of contorted. It's and a bit distorted, a yeah. We'll probably yeah. come and we're going to get cover a few more topics today with you, Luke, uh, in, mm. in different segments. And I think we'll dispel a few myths in those ones as well. But yeah, uh, cool. a, okay. a, a twist on the truth, perhaps. So mm. to take this uh, somewhat abstract conversation and put it into some real world yeah. application, if we think about the efficiency of the energy production, and we gave the example of high intensity exercise, carbohydrates being a far more efficient fuel source and then the genetic factors that the Usain Bolt Mm -hmm. might be more efficient at various systems or cam or cam Mm. uh, with his tetris thumbs but if (laughs) what about body composition wise like Mm. is lower body fat higher muscle mass more efficient at energy production or is that just a this is a standard across all physiology yeah. like what things can we do in our environment to influence the efficiency if, or not if anything of this, yeah. if anything yeah well look a lot of it is uh genetic and so you might have someone who just happened like we said happens to have more uh enzyme density or you know just they're just better at moving the stuff around uh into the various uh phases of of metabolism and so therefore maybe one of their energy systems is just a lot better and that person might make a really good long distance runner or they mm-hmm. might make a really good sprinter or whatever it is those so, kenyans they yeah, got that shit going on well, those kenyans it. they got yeah, some the electron transport chain those bad boys. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well you know interestingly because women tend to be a little bit better at, at oxidizing fats they tend to actually be better at distance event endurance events so yes. like you'll, you'll see at an elite level even the women are usually as good or better than the men uh in extreme endurance events um because they are more efficient at shuttling that fat through and producing atp from it um as a as a natural thing whereas men tend to be a little bit better at the carbohydrate uh, side of things um, which it, makes it, them a little bit better at, at the short uh, distance it, stuff. Independent mm-hmm. of muscle mass size? Yeah, independent like that. of that, yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Fascinating. Um, you okay. know, so it's quite interesting in that way. And so obviously within uh, um, sexes, you can also have people who are on the extremes of that. So you can have a man who uh, happens to be better at oxidizing fats. A bit um, of a girl. Or you could have a, a girl that is really good at, at oxidizing glucose, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And is maybe faster twitch or something because the fast twitch fibers tend to rely a bit more on glucose. You yes. Know? Um, so obviously there's that genetic part, but then that's all trainable. And that's when that's why specificity is really important. So if you want to train a specific part of that, you want to be really good at, let's say, oxidative phosphorylation, electron transport chain or whatever, well doing exercise that relies on that predominantly is going to make you better at it because it upregulates the enzymes and the transport and longer, all of that type of stuff. Longer duration type stuff. Yeah. Exactly. It's going to improve your ability um, within your genetics to do that yes. activity. So, yes. That's awesome, Luke. So, so you're saying that there is still room for adaptation. The body will adapt to 100%. that style of training. 100%. 100%. And that's why, um, you know, th- that's why things like, uh, la- you know, you, you might train um, at your lactate threshold or yeah. whatever it is. Like if you're doing um, cardio, there's a there's a point where your exercise intensity becomes high enough that your body goes, oh, we're going to start burning some glucose now to replenish this ATP. Um, and so as soon as you start doing that, you're now training a different energy system. 
Yes. Now you're training glycolysis, right? But if you stay under that point, it's like, well, you're pushing more stuff through oxfor- oxidative phosphorylation, the electron transport chain, and then you get better at aerobic adaptations yes. because now you're using the oxygen and, and all of that to go through there. Mm. And so that's why we can train at different intensities, especially with cardio. Mm. Um, and you can actually improve various aspects of your energy systems as a result. Yes. That, that um, I remember uh, I was talking to Dr. Israel about... Uh, cyclists and you know the tour de france and that type of stuff and they you know train in that lactic you know they climb in the yeah. pyrenees and that type of stuff but they're, they're in that lactic just that recycling lactate oh. like and um and we, he was talking about um uh, you know drug doping it was a conversation we went off sideways we weren't talking about that but he, talk, he spoke about epo and mm. and how it allows a higher i think a higher level of effort to be yeah. and and people are like oh we got drug cheats but he goes, dude, you c- could you imagine how much more pain oh. and suffering you could put your body in if you ran EPO? Like you could just, yes. n- uh, uncomprehensible exactly. uh, level of torture that you could put the body through. Yeah, they are taking uh, drug cheats, but you can't even comprehend the, the, the pain and suffering that these guys would be able to put their body through. Like exactly. mind-boggling, you said, yeah, forget yeah, it. Yeah, like, you're no hitting a could- higher threshold, which means you're producing... <laughs> even more of that metabolic byproduct yeah, dude like which means you're going to suffer that much more <laughs> so like yeah your yeah. threshold's higher yeah. but you also got to tolerate a lot more discomfort yeah yeah, yeah for just sure mind-boggling and there's a, a psychological disposition that comes along with that yeah. which apart from the physiology of the yeah. epo knowing that you were blood doping would probably put you in a, a state of mind to tackle mm. that yeah well we the, also i mean we see like if you try and test people in a lab and go what is their capacity for anaerobic um, metabolism yeah. like how hard can this person go and how much energy can they produce yeah. before they stop and there's such a huge psychological and motivational component to that that yeah. you just get yeah. a psycho who like has a high you know tolerance for discomfort and they'll do way better than someone who taps out early even though their actual threshold they're like the amount of energy they can push through that system might actually be higher but they just quit before they hit that yes. you know yeah. what i mean yeah so it's, it's quite interesting Fascinating. Uh, yeah well, man, I think you did a pretty good job of that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm cool. quite satisfied. Mm. And, you know, it's not uh, it's not going to change anything that I do with any of my clients necessarily, mm. but uh, it's good to know. Yeah, it's one yeah. of those good to know type topics, you know, like yeah. it's uh, in the background. Yeah. yeah, well, it helps you stop uh, spot bullshit, I think. Yes. So yes. You know, yes. I think that's where it's important. Excellent. Yeah. All right, mate. Thanks for your time. We'll uh, Thanks, have you Absolute pleasure. shortly. Easy. Well, Rodden, there we have it. Are we is the, yes. uh, the Krebs cycle clear as mud now? Clear we, as mud. We could pass. Well, I think it's fairly consistent with when you and I talk about things. We don't really much to do about nothing. <laughs> yeah, we don't really get our point across. But I think Luke gave that. That's a. Don't forget, it's a complex. It's a very very complex AF thing. He topic. did a, He did an outstanding job. Yeah. Very interestingly, but not surprisingly, that there is this. Um, genetic predisposition to certain energy pathways, pathways you know yeah. the hence the usain bolts of the world it's, yes. it's like everything the the finer you you dial into these things you just you see all these genetic predispositions that make all of us good at the various things that we're good at yeah you know it's interesting i had a had a, just a quickie uh, mentor session with a coach and mm. it was about physique prep and uh he'd had uh, some great success with an athlete that he'd prepped and uh and sort of suggested he'd won, uh, you know, placed in his uh, first timers and all this, then went on to win the overall, and 
you know, he felt this uh, this coach was pretty proud of his... Super like, coach. Super coach. Yeah. I said, wow, He's so cracked the code. Cracked the code. The blueprint. Yeah. And um, I said, absolutely. I said, fantastic. I've taken nothing away from you, but understand that a lot of the success that that athlete had was based on his pr- uh, genetic predisposition yeah. to just responding the way he did. Yes. And um, I said, that's the game we play with physique prep. You know, there's going to be ones that uh, almost hyper respond and, and, and everything just falls into place. And it's, uh, albeit, you know, it does come down to being compliant and everything else, but assume that's all static. And mm. the actual result at the end is, um, you know, hugely driven on, on their genetic predisposition, like exactly what you're talking about with yes. those various energy pathways with an athletic performance. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, they all, they all the old genes have a lot to... Uh, yeah. Even though we're 99.9999% are the same, it's those variations and those, those yeah. variants of the different genes that uh, make the, the, the problem. Sometimes the problem, if, the you, problem. if you get lucky with uh, a couple of good genetic responders as yeah. clients... super coach. And you try a few tricky things yeah. and you actually... You, you think that... That's the that's, that's the, the key. Thing. Yeah, that's, that's the, the key. key. That's the key. So and the that doesn't car- work. The carb cycling or yep. whatever it is. But yeah, yeah, going keto in the last two weeks or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But it's but that's assuming, of course, that the eyes are dotted and t's crossed mm-hmm. at, as to being a competent coach and getting everything right, which yeah. obviously this guy was. Yes, absolutely. All right. Anyway, well, that um, was that. That was that. And this is this. We should thank Sabido Supplements. Yep, Sabido always, always do. He's always lurking around in the background, giving us freebies when we want them. Yeah, our seminars really so happy with the quality of his products yeah hi my standard order is mm-hmm. a, a kilo choc whey mm-hmm. a kilo vanilla vanilla whey uh-huh. and the uh, intra workout pineapple yep. flavor uh, yeah I go pineapple um, any the carbs sh- the sh- uh, no any crabs no carbs I just use glucose yep what I do find, well, what I what I enjoy mm. is I have my post workout uh, whey mm-hmm. with some rice milk. Ah, uh, so yeah. You get about, really, you get about really you know, viscous. Forty or fifty grams of carbs in the milk, which is great. But it just thickens. It's just like yeah. drinking. It's just like walking into the servo and mm. taking a chocolate milk off mm. the shelf. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah, one of those thick, one of those thick, those thick ones, oak ones. Yeah, yeah. nice, <laughs> nice. Crack the top up for coldy. Yeah, love it. So, uh, so you yeah. have that. So do you tell me, uh, tell our listeners, mate, do you chalk vanilla, a bit like like the top deck. You doing no, a couple just, of scoop of each. I or just like to rotate vanilla today. Flavors, yeah. Chalky tomorrow today. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm having oats on the weekend with cricket, I'll That'd do vanilla. I'll do vanilla. Yeah, yeah that makes yeah. sense. You don't yeah. want chocolate oats. That's weird. No, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, that's how I play it. Sabido supplements for uh, performance based supplementation. And, and what about you if they want to harass you to get some uh, yeah. get some coaching or whatever some um, pick up uh, hone their polywaffle skills oh. uh, yep tomhewitt.com.au okay and yourself. oh mate well they can get to me uh, via Insta or Facey yeah did you buy yeah. oh jeez Cam's uh, hit the launch sequence Tommy we're out of here right. Zero. 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 Zero.